morning everyone thank you for tuning in with us this morning at the live stream at the journey church and uh, missing all you guys greatly would love to be meeting with you and hopefully it will not be too long we're going to read this morning from acts chapter 1 and i'm going to read the first 15 verses in the first book o theophilus i have dealt with all that jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes, and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in all about 120. Thank you, Sammy, for reading for us from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 15. I'm delighted to be here today again to share with you in our series from Easter to Pentecost. And Pentecost Sunday is next Sunday, and we're just focusing our hearts, focusing our minds um, on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, because that's what we're looking to God for in these days. A fresh move of the Spirit across our city, in our lives, across our nation, across the nations. And we're going to be working our way through the book of Acts, actually, in these coming months. So we've got that to look forward to. And we're just going to delve into how the early church developed and the Acts of the Holy Spirit. That's what this book could be called. Although it's named the Acts of the Apostles, it could rightly be named the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And what is incredible about this book, as we, as we begin to read through it, as we begin to study it, and focus our minds on the content of how the early church developed. It's just how astounding it is that the Holy Spirit leads every step of the way 
He gives a vision. He gives a dream. He gives revelation. He gives guidance. He speaks through his people. And the church begins to grow and develop. And I think we as a church have also begun that exciting journey of allowing the Holy Spirit just to breathe on us and to lead us and to speak to us that we might know specifically what it is he would have us to do. And that is really the crux of my message that I want to, to leave with you today for you to carry into this incoming week. It's just that truth that God wants to give us specific guidance. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tells us that the Holy Spirit is given to us as believers to reveal the heart and mind of the Father to us that we might know specifically what it is that God wants us to do. And that's what we're pursuing in these days. And that's what God wants to impart to us. Just clear revelation, eyes to see, and ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, and courage to obey. That's what we need. Eyes to see, ears to hear, and courage to obey. Would you repeat that with me at home? Say, Lord, give me eyes to see. Lord, give me ears to hear. Lord, give me courage to obey. And that's what I love about the book of Acts. The work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of his believers. Take Peter, for example, who, who denied the Lord and he had let the Lord down and now the Holy Spirit comes and, and fills him. And there we see him on the day of Pentecost, standing up and preaching boldly. It was a different Peter. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He causes people to look at us and say, you're like a different person. You've become a different person. Because when the Spirit comes upon us, as we read from Acts chapter 1, he gives us power to become his witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives us power. He gives us unction. He gives us energy. He rejuvenates us. He revitalizes us. He gives us fresh vision, and he gives us an increased purpose for living. And I think during this period of lockdown of COVID-19, I know it's been different for all of us. Some of us have found ourselves with lots of time on our hands, and other people have found themselves busier than ever. But I think what the Holy Spirit has been speaking and saying to us is that He's given us this time to reflect, to refocus, to reprioritize our lives, maybe to clear some stuff out, some junk out of our lives, even some stuff that isn't necessarily wrong that we might never pick it up again. I feel that's what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. I want you to re-evaluate your lives. And when lockdown has already started to lift, but when it completely lifts, I don't just want you to dive back into everything the way it was. Pick up all those same activities, all, all the same organizations. Even thinking this week, you know, some of the stuff that our kids are involved in, good activities, but maybe the Lord is saying, lay some of that down. Just create, intentionally create some fresh space, some new space. 
to enjoy family more. Some space to enjoy God more. New rhythms. I believe that's what the Holy Spirit is calling us to. Just like he was calling his people to in the book of Acts. New, fresh rhythms in walking with him and in hearing his voice. I love the words in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30 in the message version, where the words are used that God is calling his people to unforced rhythms of grace, that we might know what it means to move in peace, that we might know what it means to move in rhythms of ease and experiencing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is self-control within us, being formed within us. Because remember that the character of Christ is, is already in us. The person of Christ lives within us, unforced rhythms of grace. This is an opportunity not to be missed. This time of lockdown and moving out of lockdown. It's an opportunity to draw a line in the sand and say, Lord, things are going to be different in the next season because we need more of your presence. We need more of your power. We need more of your spirit. And we don't want to go back to the old normal. We want to experience a new normal. What is your new normal going to look like? The Lord has given you an opportunity to, to reshape your schedule reshape what your week looks like, and to sit down as a family and to pray over that and say, Lord, how can we just create more space to encounter you more and to experience more of your presence? That's what these early believers were doing in Acts chapter 1 as they gathered, 120 of them, in this upper room in Jerusalem, and Jesus had instructed them before he ascended back to heaven, I want you to wait I want you to tarry, and I want you to wait for the, the promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit, and you will, will receive power when this Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's, it's an unusual command, isn't it? It's unusual for them just to spend this time period waiting and praying, and they wait and they pray, and they wait and they pray, and they wait and they pray, and day after day goes by, and I'm sure they had conversations with one another saying, this is all a little bit strange, but they walk in obedience to what Jesus was calling them to do, and they wait, and they wait, and they wait, and the Spirit comes, and everything changes. It is a little bit strange, isn't it? Because at the end of his ministry, Jesus instructed his disciples. Remember, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, and he tells them to go and be his witnesses and now he's telling them to wait. So he's saying, I want you to go, but before you go, I want you to wait. And this is where it's so important for us as believers who are seeking to experience the presence of God in our lives, and, and we're seeking to make an impact for Jesus, that we understand what it means to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Repeat after me, Holy Spirit, teach me what it means to walk in step with your mind, 
to walk in step with your heart, to walk in step with your will. I can't think of anything more exciting in life than to be walking in close communion with God and to be saturating ourselves in His Word, hearing His voice in that way, and to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and to be hearing the very instructions of heaven for our lives, for our marriages, for our children, for our church, for our community, for our jobs, for our health, for the nations. Oh Lord, that's what we need more than ever in these days. We need to hear your voice. And I want you to take note that they were gathered together as a company of believers, 120 of them. And oh, I long for the day when we can meet together in person once again. Because what we're doing online, it's, it's good. It's a good help to us. It's a good substitute for what we normally do. But this isn't real church. Church is meeting in person, communing with one another, fellowshipping with one another, encouraging one another. And there is in Scripture a special blessing that is promised when the church of Jesus Christ meets together. That with the two or three are gathered together, there the Lord is in their midst. And isn't, oh, I've missed that so much, meeting together as the people of God and experience of the Holy Spirit moving amongst us. Just like in the early chapters of the book of the Revelation, when there's that picture of Jesus Christ walking amongst the candlesticks, and the candlesticks are a picture of the church, and Jesus is in the midst, in the presence of His church. Oh, when we meet back together again as a body of believers, may we treasure what it means to meet as the church. May we come prepared with our hearts cultivated to, to seek the presence of God among us, the manifest presence of God. And we believe that there's going to be a unique movement of the Holy Spirit when we begin to meet together as the church again. There they were gathered in the upper room, 120 of them, waiting in the promises of God, encouraging one another, helping one another through. And if maybe you're a young believer, maybe you're finding your way in what it means to hear the voice of God, what it means to search out that specific guidance from Holy Spirit for your life. That's why we need one another. That's why they were joined together. Just like young Samuel, when he was serving the Lord as a young boy in the house of God, and, and God was calling him and Samuel didn't recognize that it was the voice of God. And he needed the older Eli to draw alongside him and, and help him to understand what the voice of God was saying to him. We need each other. Can I encourage you, if that's something that maybe you're struggling with, you just need that little bit of extra guidance that the Lord has given you people. That's why it's so important to root yourself in a local church. The, God has given you more mature believers, people who have been following Jesus longer, who want to draw alongside you and help you to understand the voice of God in your life. And more importantly, to help you discern what it means to hear from God yourself. What an incredible honor it is that inside of us, as the temple of the Holy Spirit, dwells 
the living God who wants to fellowship with us and who wants to teach us and who wants to say to us, this is the way, walk in it. When we begin to get connected to the voice of the Lord in a specific way, everything changes. God has promised to be in the midst of his people, and we need to find those unforced rhythms of grace that I've already been referring to. Sometimes in our society, I think that people love to wear a badge of honor, that is the badge of busyness. And maybe when we're out and about, maybe the first question we might ask someone when we bump into them on the street or over at the grocery store or when we're out and about is, well, are you busy? And we almost feel embarrassed if we're not busy. Why is it that we treasure busyness when that is not what the, the, the Scriptures necessarily treasures. Yes, of course, we need to be out and about doing the master's business. And there will be times when we, we are busy, but we need to be living these healthy rhythms with Jesus. In one of our life groups uh, a couple of years ago, we did a life group on prayer, and we studied a book together um, by a guy called Paul Miller. And the book was entitled A Praying Life. And there was a little nugget of a quote in there that has just stuck with me all these years. And Paul Miller said this, it's okay to have a busy life, but it's not okay to have a busy soul. So inside of us, we need to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit ruling and reigning. And one of the fruits is the fruit of peace. And we need to be controlled by the peace of God because the presence of God within us is greater than the chaos around us. And we need to walk in those rhythms. And we need to walk in step with what Jesus has for us. The Lord Jesus himself was an absolute genius at this. As he walked in step with the Holy Spirit, as he was filled by the Spirit and led by the Spirit and saturated in the Spirit, he said in John 5, 19, that he only engages in those activities that he sees the Father doing. And if you've been involved in our community groups, this, this was our passage of Scripture in this past week that we, were, that we were studying together, how Jesus had this ability to know when to say yes, to know when to say no, to know when to move forward, to know when to wait as he walked in step with the Spirit. But here's what's beautiful about that. You and I can live the same life together. The Holy Spirit has come to give all of us, yes, all of us, this unique, close relationship with God where we're living moment by moment in His presence, knowing His power together. This is why we're focusing on from Easter to Pentecost. Because we're saying, Holy Spirit, we just need to be saturated in you. We need to know your presence with us at every moment of every day. These past couple of weeks, the Lord has been speaking so clearly to me through a passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. That passage is about building. It's about being careful how we're building 
and what we're building. So we're all building something in our lives. Every day we get up, we're building by the thoughts that we have, by the choices that we make, by our decisions, by how we set up our families, by our attitudes and work, by how we relate to our local church and our local community. We're all building something. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 15, we're given instruction to be very, very careful about how we build and what we build. Because God tells us that there's, there's coming a day, there's, there's coming a day when all of us will appear before God. We're not going to appear before Him to be judged for our sins if we're sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. Praise God for that. But we are going to stand before God to give an account for our lives and what we built and how we built and what our motives were and how we spent our time and all of these things. And the Lord gives us these instructions not to hinder us or to cause us to be bound, but to free us to know that we have the power and the liberty in our lives to make right choices, to make good choices, to make healthy choices. Listen to these words as I read them. 1 Corinthians, 10, or 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. So here we have Paul giving instruction that he's laid the foundation and the foundation is Christ. Then he goes on to say, let each one take care how he builds upon it. So we, we're instructed here to take care how we're building upon the foundation of Christ. Verse 11, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So what is it we are building? Have we got our priorities right? Have we got our motives right? Have we got our hearts and our minds focused on what's right in these days? Is the Holy Spirit speaking to us and saying, this is a time for readjustment. This is a time for realignment. Are we building with gold, silver, and precious stones? Or are we building with wood, hay, and straw? What a picture that the Lord is going to come and He's going to test every act that we've committed. And some of it will be rewarded and some of it will be discarded. What an incredible thought that we could be spending our days, our weeks, our months, our years, pouring our time and our effort and our energy into stuff. And at the end of time, Jesus is just going to say, wood, hay, and straw. That has caused me these past weeks to come before the Lord in His presence. And I do quite a bit of prayer walking and just asking the Lord, Lord, help us to build with you. 
Help us not to be building something in our own strength because we know the truth that unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain. So we can be building, we can be working, and it might even seem like we're progressing. But it could be that it's wood, hay, and straw. Lord, will you give us wisdom? Will you give us a heart to work? Not so much work for you, but to work with you. Sometimes we think too much about working for God, but we need to think more about working with God. That is, he's the one carrying the load. We just get to go to work with our Father. He's the one who's doing the building. We just get to build with him. Do you understand that this is a different way of living? This is a work of the Spirit. This is what Pentecost is all about. In fact, I was out in one of my prayer walks recently, and I was thinking upon these thoughts in 1 Corinthians 3 and being careful how we build. And I was walking in the industrial estate just off the Ballandary Road. I like, I like to go there and walk, particularly at night when some of the businesses are shut down. Well, they're all shut down at this time, or most of them. And I like to walk in around there because it's quiet. And I've encountered the Lord in and around that area a number of times. And just as I was walking through the industrial estate, I turned to my right and I saw a business. It seems to be a factory. And they build things in there. And I'm sure some of you are familiar with the name of this factory, this business. It's called McAvoy's. And just as, as I looked over at the factory and as I was praying and contemplating about what I'm building and how I'm building, I sensed the Holy Spirit speaking to me through this, the name of this factory. Because their slogan is this, think smart, build smart. Think smart, build smart. I just sensed the Spirit coming upon me and saying, Gary, be careful how you're building and be careful what you're building. Your own ingenuity and creativity isn't enough. We need the intelligence of heaven to show the way and to give insight and to give the detail of how we're all to build our lives. And then just as I turned around to my left, just facing McAvoy's, there was another um, factory. And the name of that company is called Creative Composites. And I sense the Holy Spirit ministering to me again in connection with 1 Corinthians 3 about being careful how you build about creativity, the creativity of heaven. And that the Holy Spirit loves to give solutions, loves to give heavenly solutions to earth's problems. And this walk, this close walk with God, just isn't for, you know, an elite few, just isn't for the leaders in the church. This is for every child of God to seek after and to say, Lord, I want to know you in this close and intimate way. I want this to be my new norm. For the rest of my days, I want to live in these unforced rhythms of grace. But you know, my friend, as, we, as I just land this message and bring it to a close, I want to let you know that this close walk with God, it comes at a cost. And do you know what it will cost us? It will cost us our lives. Because that's what Jesus is calling us into every day. He's calling us to die to self 
and to come more and more alive in God. That's what Jesus said in his ministry. He said, if you, if, if, if you, if you want to find your life, you need to lose it. And if you try to hold on to your life, that's the very way to lose your life. So the way we find greater levels of freedom, greater levels of power, a greater sense of the presence of God, a closer relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is we continue to lose our life in Him. We continue to give our lives away. We continue to surrender our lives, abandon our lives, because greater levels of freedom in the Christian walk don't come through necessarily working harder, but they come through surrendering more. Every day, we, we posture our hearts and turn our hearts towards the Lord, and we say, Lord, not my will, but yours. This is another day of me dying to self, dying to the old nature, which is, which is already dead. So stop trying to resurrect it and allow the new nature of Christ to flow through you and fill you. Isn't that what Jesus said in John chapter 12, verses 24 to 26, when he talked about a grain of wheat? And he says, unless that grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it can't produce fruit. So the process of the seed going down into the ground, and the seed germinates, and the seed, as it were, becomes no more, but that gives way to new fruit. Jesus is using that illustration, and he's calling us to bury ourselves in the soil of God and surrender our lives to him afresh. And when we give ourselves away and give ourselves away and sacrifice our lives to God, we will find all sorts of beautiful fruit and life coming to us that we've never experienced before. We will encounter God in, in, in ways that we've never previously encountered him. We will walk in power and we will walk in victory and we will triumph in areas where we maybe struggled. We will feel an increase of the presence and power in God in our lives, causing us to overcome. We will find the things that previously once stole our peace and our joy no longer steal our peace and joy because the Holy Spirit is teaching us how to protect those beautiful qualities in our lives. Friends, what God is saying to us at this time, as we come out of lockdown, at this time, leading up to Pentecost Sunday, is there's more. There's more for you. There's more for, you, us, for me. There's more for us together to encounter the presence and power of God. I woke up this morning and I had a strange thought. I know you might not think it's a very joyful thought, but I thought I'm 42. I'm probably about halfway through my life, if the Lord allows me to live to 84. I might not even have that long. And here's the sense of what God was saying to me. Lay hold of everything I have for you. Don't be missing out on anything that Jesus died that you might walk in the fullness of your inheritance. And the same goes for you, my friend. And we want to cheer you on. That's what we want to be about, about when we begin meeting again here at the church. It's about the training and equipping of the saints. It's about helping you to become everything that Jesus has called you to be. It's about the body of Christ working together, serving together, growing together, and going further together. Isn't it exciting? 
And I just want us to finish off just by sharing communion together today. And I want us to think of this aspect of the Christian life where Jesus calls us to die again to self and discover him in all these new and beautiful ways. He's come to give us life and life more abundant.